I'm Dean Newland, and welcome to the Business of Intuition, where I coach, facilitate, train, and speak on the hard science and meaningful experience of intuitive leadership in business, so you can make better decisions, forge real connections, and creatively solve problems to amplify your impact and simplify your life. Welcome to the Business of Intuition. I'm very excited about my next guest because he talks about two things that I care very deeply about. One, culture, which I think is so important in terms of a company's health and sustainability. And two, storytelling, probably pulling into my background in theater and acting. Mark Carpenter has a wonderful three-stage process that talks about how one can be a great storyteller. Number one, setting the stage, talking about what the circumstances are. Number two, what is the conflict that takes place? And number three, what's the change that takes place as a result of whatever is the subject of your story? And I think that that's a great, easy way to look at storytelling. And when you look at great TVs or great uh, commercials or movies or theater or even myth and mythology, it follows that same sort of process of the introduction, setting the stage, the conflict, and then the resolution or the, the change that has taken place. And our brains are really hardwired to receive information in that format. And so Mark Carpenter is our next guest on the Business of Intuition. And he is a serial, as he says, storyteller. And even as a child, he loved to tell stories, mainly to get attention, he admits. He leveraged that ability into a career into marketing, communications, and public relations, then as a college professor and corporate facilitator. Now he teaches people how to more intentionally tell stories that teach, lead, sell, and inspire to accomplish business and personal goals. He is the co-author of the best-selling book, Master Storytelling, How to Turn Your Enterprise into Stories that Teach, Lead, and Inspire, and co-creator of the Master Storytelling Workshop, leveraging a 20-year career in corporate communications, 10 years working as an adjunct professor of communication, and 15 years facilitating training, Mark couples a lively, engaging style with purposeful, impactful learning. Mark Carpenter on the Business of Intuition. Well, Mark, it's great to have you on the show. I really am looking forward to this conversation. One of the things that our little company has been known to do pretty well is around what you might say building culture, you know, for an organization. I once had a, a CEO of a large organization say, you know, what is culture? I don't even understand it. I mean, is it something in the back of your throat? I mean, come on, you know. So, so I think it's a misunderstood thing around what it really is. And I think it's how things get done fueled by vision, passion, process, and goals and so forth. So culture is everything, you know. And I guess my question to you is, as this master storyteller is, what role does storytelling play in developing and maintaining a healthy culture? Well, thank you, Dean. I love that question. And I just love the thought process that's behind it too. And there's a lot of different definitions of culture that are out there, like you just True. said. And to me, a lot of the things that define culture are beliefs and our behaviors. People will sometimes point to, well, there's our mission statement or our values on the wall. Mm -hmm. And to me, culture is much more about the behaviors in the hall than it is the values on the wall. It, it, it's what people are actually doing that shows this is what we believe in collectively. The, the statement on the wall might say, we believe in teamwork, 
But if everybody's working in silos, then you don't really believe in teamwork. I want exactly. you to show me what does that look like? And the best way to show is tell a story. Tell me the story. Give me the example of what someone's doing to demonstrate teamwork. Show mm. me how somebody stepped in when they saw that a coworker was struggling with something and how they helped them. That shows me that you really do have a value on teamwork because I can see it in the behaviors of the people in the organization. I'm working with a company right now who's reworking their mission, vision, and values. And we're talking about, okay, let's get a collection of the stories that we've seen of what are people doing that demonstrate these values that show that these are the values of the company right now by the behaviors that people are demonstrating. I think it's a great idea. I mean, I could see working the other direction as well. You go through a vision process or go through a values process for a team. And then it, the, you know, you go, okay, I, we, we believe in honesty. We believe in transparency. We believe in teamwork to your point. Now let's tell a story when we actually did that. So yeah. who's going to, you know, raise your hand and do that. You could start bringing, you know, the flesh and bones to the body of what this really means, but the stories around it. I like that idea a lot. So how, how do you get an individual who would say to you, Mark, great, but I'm kind of an introvert. I am more about facts and information. I what I tell you is what what I know from a, uh, a you know a data perspective. I don't like telling stories. Telling stories feels too personal to me. It feels like I'm being exposed. How do you work with a person with that perspective? Well, the, I would say to that person, it's a skill. And think of it as a skill. Don't think of it as, as something that you have or don't have, you like or don't like. It's just a skill. And so I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to poke at you on this one a little bit, Dean. Not poke Please at do. you, but, I, but I'm going I'm to bring you into this conversation on it. We talked to, before we started recording about you starting this podcast. When you started this podcast, were you great at it? Hell no. <laughs> Thank you. I was waiting. You hesitated. I thought, oh, he's going to say that he was an no, expert. I was going for the moment he started. <laughs> I, but I hear that all the time from people that I talk to who are podcast hosts and who are good podcast hosts now. But what did you have to do to get better at it? The question to me was. Yeah, real a question. Lot of, a lot of real practice. Question analyzing what worked or what didn't work, re-listening to things that go, boy, that was a good spot. That wasn't getting out of my own way, stop overthinking it, you know, all sorts of things that made it into a learning activity versus trying to be perfect. Okay. All your listeners, just make a list of all the things that Dean just said. That's exactly <laughs> how you get better at storytelling. The yeah. one thing I would add to that is to get a little coaching. You know, find somebody who is good at it, see what they're doing and say, I can do that. This is a skill like most other skills that almost anybody can do. It's just a matter of understanding what does it take to tell a good story, trying it out, practicing it, getting some feedback, even if that feedback is listening to yourself tell the story and saying that worked, that didn't. So I'm going to change that next time and building it as a skill. This is not something that you either were born with, that you can do or you can't do. It's a skill like any other skill that you develop over time by practicing, by trying it, and by really seeing the benefit of it. That people who say, well, I'm not sure I'm convinced that storytelling is all that important. They're a little hesitant to try it. And so they haven't experienced the benefit of it. 
And once you tell the story and you see the people's eyes and you see them light up and you see the connection that you make with the people, all of a sudden you realize, hmm, there's some value in this. Mm-hmm. There's, there's value in this much farther beyond sharing the numbers, the data, the facts and figures, the percentages. That doesn't connect us as a species. Stories connect us as a species. And that makes it easier for you to lead when you're connected to your people. There was a guy that was on this show, gosh, maybe a year ago. He runs a tech company and we were talking about the challenges that people have who are the the chief technology officers, the chief information officers in organizations. And his point comes back to something that you just said, that they have to be good at telling stories. We have to be able to translate what we know into a language that's more universal. And and storytelling was certainly part of it. If you can't do that, then you are sort of, you know, keeping yourself in a silo around focusing on others who understand you, but you can't bridge that gap of those who can't. Stories is a great way of doing that. So, ah, man. So what would you say, because you said something earlier around this, what makes a good story? Like if you were to say, I just need a recipe, Mark, I may be scared of doing it. I might feel vulnerable doing it. I may not want to stand in front of 500 people to tell my story, but what's the recipe? How do you bake a cake? Yeah. And there's a lot of different kinds of cakes you can bake. I like that you use that as the analogy. Because it's going to be different. It's coming up. You know, I'm looking forward to my cake. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's going to be different if I'm baking a German chocolate cake than if I'm baking carrot cake. The recipe is going to be a little bit different the way that I come about it. And there's a lot of people out there that have different recipes for storytelling. When we wrote the book, Master Storytelling, my co-author, Daryl Harmon, and I, we looked at all the different ways that people were writing their recipes up. And we went, "This this is way too complicated. Mm. Going back to the cake analogy, uh, if I'm baking a cake, I may not be a a five-star chef and be able to understand all the different terminologies or have all the different tools that they want me to to use to bake their cake, but I can do a simple recipe. And so we really put three parts together. There's three parts to an effective story. There's the introduction where you set the stage. You say, this is what's going on. This is the challenge I was facing. This was uh, what I was trying to accomplish. So Mm. you're putting yourself in a situation in that introduction phase where you're helping people see, you know what, we're kind of alike. I've had some of those same kind of challenges too. Maybe it's not the exact same challenge, but it's the challenge that we've faced. You know, the Apollo 13 astronauts could come back and tell great stories about some of the challenges they faced. We've never faced those. Right. But we have faced situations where things have gone wrong and we've gone, what am I going to do about this? Yeah. And I need help to get through it. I can relate to that. And so when you're telling that story, you're looking for that connectedness to your listeners to say, yeah, I've faced those same kind of challenges. So there's first phase is the introduction. The second phase is that conflict phase where you're trying to accomplish a goal and something gets in the way of that. It's that Houston, we've got a problem moment where things, <laughs> things go wrong and all of a sudden people want to know, how are you going to get through this? Mm-hmm. How can you get through this? Because this is where we learn. We learn in those moments where something gets in the way of our end result. That's going to draw people in because they're going to keep listening because they want to know how that conflict's going to be resolved. Right. 
The third section is what we refer to as the change. What did you do to help you get through that challenge? Or what did you fail to do? And maybe you didn't get through that challenge. Mm. Whether you have a lesson learned from that that you can look back on and say, next time I would do this better. Or even bring it to your audience and say, what do you think I could have done that would have made that turn out better? And they're going to learn the lesson from that, that they'll be able to apply to the challenges that they face that may be similar. So just in brief mm-hmm. review, it's the introduction, it's the conflict, and it's the change. Mm-hmm. Those are the three phases that we go through to say that those are going to give you a good story. Now, there's some elements within that you have to have too. You have to have characters that are relatable. Somebody that, that people can, can actually relate to and a worthwhile goal that they're trying to accomplish. And then again, that conflict and then the resolution to that conflict or the lesson learned from that. So we often would use a story, I'm thinking like in business, as a way to illustrate or to prepare somebody for the request that's forthcoming or the filler and justification for a request. We would like to increase our budget by 20%. (laughs) That's the request, right? Let me tell you a story that basically puts a person in an emotional state that justifies this request of 20%. I mean, just so am I connecting on right when when I'm saying this to you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. In, in, in fact, the, the subtitle of our book, Master Storytelling, is how to turn your experiences into stories that teach, lead, and inspire. So yes, you're trying to get people to take action. These aren't stories just to connect. They're not stories just to entertain. They're not even just sharing experiences from your life. They have a purpose. And so we're very deliberate about that in the way that we teach storytelling that we're teaching it to lead to some kind of change, some kind of action at the end of the story. So go back to the, our beginning here, which was around culture. You mentioned storytelling in the context of like a vision statement or a set of company values or guiding principles, which I love. And that makes a lot of sense. How, what other things can one do with stories that will the artifacts, if you will, potentially, uh, or uh, representations of the of a culture. What other ways can storytelling help maintain and keep a culture healthy? Well, let's let's look at those three words that I just brought up: teach, lead, and inspire. As you're teaching concepts to people, storytelling is the best way to do it. Mm. People don't remember generalized concepts as well as they remember a story to illustrate that concept, and so. We tend in business sometimes to say, okay, we need to teach people how to do X, or we need right. to teach them X. Let's, let's go to one that I work with a lot. We need to teach people how to resolve conflict. Mm. Well, you can teach them, here are the steps in resolving conflict. Here are the types of things that you say and do. But if they can see an illustration of that, of what that looks like, and instead, of it, you might want to lay out what the, the concepts are, but then say, let me give you an example of what that looks like. Mm-hmm. I was working with a colleague. We were jointly trying to sell a a customer. We had two different approaches that we were coming at this. He thought we should go this direction. I thought we should go that direction. And we weren't getting anywhere. And not only was it frustrating us, it was frustrating our customer. 
until we sat down and had a conversation that sounded like this. And you give them the conversation and say, when we got to the end of that, we realized we have the same goals. We really want to satisfy our customer. And we resolved it by doing this. So that just walks them through an example. And you can see that a lot better when you're trying to learn a concept, if you've seen it actually in practice. And storytelling will, will help you to do that. Storytelling could also be about not your life, but about another person's life. Absolutely. Right? This could be, or it could be metaphor. It may not even be an actual story of truth. It could be a hypothetical story. Imagine if you will, you know, fill in the blanks, right? And you take people almost like on a guided meditation in their minds of seeing something that you are suggesting that then creates this emotional connection relayed back to something that you guys are talking about. Yeah. And the concept of storytelling can be used that way. We try to teach people, tell real stories, tell real life stories of how you can accomplish things. And if it's an aspirational story, you can tell the story of, I'll go back to your example of we need 20% more budget. Here's some things that we did where we really put out the effort and we got these results for the organization. Now, Think of what that would have been like if we could add 20% more budget to that. Right, right. If we had budget for an yeah. extra headcount. How could we have extended that to make that even a greater success? That's a real story that people can connect to rather than kind of the ethereal story. I, I remember one time I, I heard a guy giving a speech and he, he was trying to make a certain point. I can't even remember what it was off the top of my head. But everything he did, he used analogies from the Harry Potter series. Okay. Which is great storytelling. It's great storytelling. But I remember I got about three quarters of the way through with him. And I went, yeah, but I don't have a magic wand. I, I don't live in this magical world. Right. So right. that doesn't connect to me as much as it would if you were telling me how this happened with real people in real life. No, I think you're right. I mean, it's almost like we go back to the recipe analogy. He was using too much flour. You know, like yeah. enough's enough. We need to have variety <laughs> in our recipe in order for this to seem credible. And yeah. if you can bring it into, take something that could be ethereal, it could be imaginary, but somehow link it back to us in our current state. Like sometimes with our culture building work, I did a, a workshop recently where I asked people to start to tell a story of the organization a hundred years in advance. Like, what would that look like? You know, and it was a little bit more structured than just simply a time frame. But and they came up with some really amazing things. But then we were able to relay it back to. So what does that say about who we are now and what kind of a team do we need to be in order to start setting us up for that kind of vision? And so now it became a personal thing today, even though the conversation started 100 years out. So it was a way to kind of balance both. Yes, absolutely. And, and I think that works fantastic. Another way that you make that connection is to say, what are some of the behaviors that are happening right now? What are the stories that you've seen that will lead us to that vision 100 years from now? And you can show people we're doing some of those things. Maybe we need to do them more. Mm -hmm. And that you can relate to by those real stories that are happening right now. Any company that says, gosh, we need to change our culture. There are probably little elements within the culture that they want to keep and expand on. Tell those stories and promote those as the stories of this is what we believe in. This is who we are. And that's going to help that spread more. Mm -hmm. What are some of the common mistakes? Let's take a look at it from the other side of the fence. 
where people make attempt a story, but they just don't do it well. And it's okay. We're going to learn from it. But what are some of the pitfalls, the mistakes, the don't do's, whatever the list you might create around storytelling? Yeah, I think it all starts with one thing. Hmm. It's the one big thing. And I'll, I'll illustrate it with a story. <laughs> I was actually just earlier today, I was coaching some college students who were getting ready to do a big presentation. Part of it was they needed to tell a story. And so the instructor, who's a friend of mine, brought me in and said, would you just listen to their stories and give them some feedback? And so this one young lady was tell, telling a really good story. And she goes, okay, and that's the end. And I sat there and I looked at her and went, what's the point? What point were you trying to make with this story? And she said, oh, I'm not sure. Okay. I was like, okay, that came through. So I think there's the big thing. Understand what point am I trying to make here? How am Mm -hmm. I trying to teach, lead, and inspire with this story? Because if you're not clear on that, one of two things typically happens. With this young lady, in, in her case, it was that she left out important details. And so I just kind of, it was like an experience rather than a real story. And so I wasn't sure what was going on. And so there's a mistake that people make too. They fly through it because they lived the story. It's clear in their head, but they haven't not, painted the picture Yes, people to be in that story with them. It's interesting, like writing, I've always heard helps you clarify your thinking, you know, that in a sense, thinking uh, gets sharper when you're writing. I think the same is true for storytelling. I mean, based on the process that you just described, it clarifies your own point of view. But if you don't have that clarified, maybe you don't have a story yet. (laughs) Yes. And that's exactly what comes out. If you don't know what point you're trying to lead to, you're going to either rush to the end of the story or you're going to do the other mistake, which is you wander around the story looking for a point. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So I so. Yeah, I've got a wonderful guy that I love to pieces, and he's a, in many ways, a tremendous leader. And he is a natural storyteller, but he's almost like he starts the story and he doesn't know where it is yet. He's just going to kind of find it. I'm looking around the backyard. I'm trying to find the story and maybe he'll come up with a point, but he doesn't know what the point is because he's thinking and creating the story while he's talking. And we're all along for the ride going like, where are you taking us? Yeah. And then people and it, start checking out. And it can be fun. It can be engaging. But then you get to the end and you go, okay, there's three minutes of my life I can't get back. And it didn't do anything for me. It didn't get me anywhere. So the tip I give here is, is land the plane. In other words, yeah. know where your destination is. If I get up in a plane just to fly around, well, I'm going to fly around and fly around and fly around until I'm out of gas. And then I'm going to land wherever I can get. But it may not be go- where I'm trying to go. Could you tell somebody that, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you a story, but it's about this. This I'm going to tell you a story that it's about X, right? And so you sort of know, oh, there's a theme here, right? We yeah. know it's about this topic. I'm going to tell you a story about the difficulties of having a difficult conversation with a colleague. That's my story. Okay. Boom. Now we sort of know what we are doing here. We know where we're going to land before we actually take off, right? Yeah. And it sometimes creates that sense of, I can trust that we're going to get there. But I also think that sometimes storytelling, I'm only, I don't mean to play upon the negative side of it too much, but is that we can go too long, you know, yep. and to your point, like you just lost three minutes. It's like, we might need to be more succinct and, and get to the point a little sooner. And understanding what your point is helps you to do that. Yes. yes. You, your friend that you were just talking about, 
he didn't really have a point to his story. So he went every detail and every possible mm-hmm. point that he could make within that story, but it wasn't really going anywhere. Right. If you have a point that you're clear to, if you have that destination that you're taking the story to, you can be more succinct and more clear in it while still including the details that are going to make that story come to life. Sometimes I'm just going to tell on myself here, I facilitate a lot of meetings and facilitations and whatever, and I listen pretty intently as to what people are saying, but I can't help it. At Sometimes an image comes into my head, a story starts to pop up, it reminds me of, and I have to ask myself, is this something that's going to be relevant and helpful for them or not? But um, it, it can sort of pull me out, you know, if, I, if I'm not careful of the conversation because it, because I, I, my mind is always thinking in stories. I always have something that comes up as it reminds me of. Do you see that happening where sometimes the storyteller in our own head is the thing that's keeping us from connecting to others? Yeah, that, you actually, you, you said you always are telling stories in your head. That's because you're a human being. We, we're all doing that. Okay. We think in it was stories. Just me. <laughs> yeah, we think in stories as people. And so there's there's a great reminder to make sure that you're clear on what the point is that your story is getting to and that you paint those pictures enough and draw people in with enough details and with some conflict that they're listening to your story, that they're engaged in your story, their mm-hmm. mind's not wandering off to another story. Right. And so that that's that's where storytelling can be effective. But if you're not if you're not getting it right, if you haven't worked it up, then you could lose people because they're thinking, oh, yeah, that reminds me of the time. Mm-hmm. How, how many times have you seen that happen just in casual conversation? Somebody will share an experience and they'll go, oh, that reminds me of the time. Oh, yeah. And that was the time when I I, I was compl- completing a, a storytelling workshop just a couple of weeks ago. And at the end, just a few of the people wanted to hang around and talk just a little bit. And we got talking about dumb things that we've done like locking our keys in the car. Somebody talked about in a cold winter day, they were going to catch the bus. They they pulled up in their car at the bus stop. And of course they kept it running because it was really cold. And then they looked up and realized the bus was there and about to leave. They jumped out, they locked their car, they ran over to the bus. On the bus driving away, they looked back and saw exhaust coming out of their tailpipe still. Mm. They'd gotten out of their car. They forgot to take the keys out and turn the ignition. Yeah. Right. And now they're on the bus on the way to work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and the more we told these stories, the more other people said, oh, I got one like that too. And it really connected us. But we didn't have super big points to make within that other than, yeah, we all make stupid mistakes sometimes. So tell the stories, telling the stories will connect people, will remind them of their own experiences, but make sure you're getting to the point that you want to make with those stories so that people stay with you in your story and don't go wandering off into theirs. So the connection is an important part about the storytelling. I think that's really important because I'm guessing that we see ourselves in others' stories. Yes. Or it reminds us of something that, although your experience is different, I can go, oh, yeah, I had I had not the same experience, but um, how I solved it was similar. Or the challenge in, in the drama that you described in your three-part series was uh, was a similar so now you're no longer different you are now you were connected yeah. we are brothers we are you know we found a common 
denominator. You know, we've kind of found that. And it's, you talk about all the stuff around diversity, inclusion, and all the stuff that's been so important to talk about. And yet we're also seeking the commonality of, of, of each other without ever it becoming a issue of, you know, separation, you know, we can appreciate the differences as, as well. So I just, and, I, I, and where does that commonality come in? That commonality comes in because we're all human. Hmm. And so we've all had a human experience. We all feel emotions. They may be slightly different in different situations, but we feel things and we really want to feel things. We want to yeah. feel things from other people because that's going to make us connected. Yeah. This this same college group that I was working with to, earlier today, one of the young ladies told a story about being at a, at a water park and she was standing in line for a ride called the Torpedo. And as she's standing in line, she's hearing people screaming in terror. And she's hearing this maniacal <laughs> laugh that happens as people are starting and her heartbeat starts racing. And she's starting to go, do I want to stay in this line or not? Am I really going to do this? Is this safe for me to do? Now, just as even as I tell you that, you're in the line with me. Mm-hmm, I'm thinking about it. It wasn't even my story, but I'm there and you're there because we can connect to the emotions that we're feeling there of a little bit of fear about the unknown that we're facing. We've all faced that fear of the unknown. And so we can Absolutely. relate to it. And it takes me back to a ride over at Disneyland, you know, probably decades ago you know, as a kid or something. And I can yeah. go, oh, yeah, where, where am I night now? Oh, that's where I was when you were telling that story. Yeah. That's great. Well, Mark, this is great stuff. What, is there, I don't mean to be simplistic here, but I want to leave people with, if there are three or four things to do as a result of what you believe is important, what would they be? I'd say the first one is start looking for the experiences in your life that can be effective stories to teach, lead, and inspire. And the way that you find those is look for the experiences and note them. Jot them down someplace. I have a a folder in the notes app on my iPad that's called Stories for Someday. Mm. And I just note experiences, two or three sentences of experience that I have some kind of an emotional reaction to. Mm. And I think there's a lesson in there someplace. I don't know exactly what the lesson is, but there's a lesson in there. And so just start taking note of what are those experiences that you have a reaction to? Mm. Or as you watch what other people do, what are those experiences that you have a reaction to? If you're looking for a specific lesson to teach, we've been talking a lot about culture. So if I'm a leader and I'm looking for what are some examples of lessons or stories that I could tell around our culture, if you start looking for those, you will see them. Mm. The universe will send them to you because you're looking for that specifically. They'll pop up. So the first step is just being aware of those and taking a note of them. So I guess that's two things. Be aware, take a note. And then just be intentional about the use of stories. Watch for opportunities to use those stories and look into the people's eyes that you're telling the story to. Hmm. They will tell you if you're on track in terms of your ability to teach, lead, and inspire with that story. And then just adjust and start, like you talked about with learning to be a podcast host. You're going to make adjustments based on the reactions that you see from other people. It's funny you say that about looking into, this is a very small minor thing, but I find that I find my story not in the eyes of the people I'm looking at. It's usually I go up or upper left and like, oh, there it is. Yeah. I was that's your memory. Very, 
Yeah, and my memory's going up there. I'm very aware of what's going on around me and how people are reacting. I mean, hyper aware of it, but I don't necessarily tell the story all the time through the eyes. I'm a guy that moves around a lot. I'm yeah. using my hands. I, I take up the stage, but I'm always ch- checking out to see, is this landing or is this not? You know, and then adjust accordingly. Yeah. And, and yeah. that's what I mean by look in their eyes. I'm not. Yeah, you don't mean I'm, literally I'm all the time. Creepy. You know, don't don't yeah. be creepy and stare into people's eyes as you're <laughs> exactly. telling. But I'm saying look for the reactions that you yes. get from people because that will tell you when you're on track with your story. Right on. Well, Mark, this has been very um, enlightening. Thank you for your energy and time on this. How can people connect with you and learn more about your work? Probably the the best place to start is with our website which is master-storytelling.com. You got to get the hyphen between master and storytelling or you get to the wrong place. So master-storytelling.com. Our book, Master Storytelling, is available on Amazon. Also, I would encourage people to connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm happy to connect with anybody. And so just watch for me. Say that you heard me on Dean's podcast and I'll, I'll connect with you. And I always put out, I put out a story at least every week on LinkedIn to illustrate that point about the stories are all, all around us. The, the other thing, in fact, I, we didn't talk about this before, so I hope it's okay that I'm just dropping this on you. No, no worries. I, am, I would like to offer a, a gift of the ebook of Master Storytelling to all of the people that are listening. And so if you go to our website, master-storytelling.com slash podcast gift, hmm. it'll be, there'll be a link there that you give me your name and your email address. And I'll give you a free ebook of Master Storytelling. Fantastic. Thank you very much. That's very kind of you. Yeah, happy to do that. I, my goal and my co-author, Daryl, our, our goal as we started this process was we want to create a world of intentional storytellers, people that are telling stories with a positive purpose to teach, lead, mm-hmm. and inspire. And so that's a way to help us to, to do that. Great. Mark, thanks so much for your time. This has been great. Great visiting with you, Dean. Thank you. You bet. Thank you for listening to the Business of Intuition. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you'd like to learn more about Dean or Mission Facilitators Leadership, go to mfileadership.com. That's mfileadership.com.